Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. I'm Mary Simon, and I'm joined today by Liz, Elizabeth, Megan, and Amy. And I was thinking about a different sort of topic that we could tackle. And something that comes up time and time again in both my personal life and work life is this concept of personality types. And for listeners out there, you might have heard of, you know, the Myers-Briggs test, the personality typing. And it's really interesting to me because it tells me not only a lot about myself, but it also gives me insight into other people's personalities. And something that we were able to experience at the Simon Law Firm, I don't know, ladies, how long ago was it? Maybe well over a year ago we did this. It was 2018. Yeah, so a couple of years ago, we had a really interesting day that we dedicated to personality types. So our firm had a therapist come in. And it's just so funny because for those of you out there who are at big firm, small firm, or any business place, you, you might be kind of like, well, that's kind of weird to bring a therapist into your office. But we just wanted to make our workplace better than it already is. So what we did is we had a therapist come in after everyone in the office took the personality test. And we did it in order for the attorneys to learn more about themselves, their own personality types, as well as the staff and the administration that we work with every day. If everyone's kind of in tune with not only their own personality, but how the personalities function of folks who they work with, because you can really get out ahead of conflict. Or if there is conflict, there's more understanding on both ends of why someone might be reacting a certain way to what someone else said. So the purpose of the Myers-Briggs test, it's really a personality inventory, and it's supposed to be really useful and helpful in, in your own life. A lot of times people's reaction and conflict between each other is not really randomized or out of the blue. It really is rooted in expectation of how their personality functions and how they carry themselves through the day. And a really big, important piece of this has to do with what our goal is personally. Some people, for example, really have a goal of productivity, of success. That's the main thing they care about. They don't really care about people's feelings, which it sounds harsh, but there's got to be people listening to the podcast out there who are thinking, yep, that's me. My end game, my end goal, my success, that's the thing I'm most concerned about. And that's actually a huge benefit to have an employee at your office who thinks that way. But alternatively, you know, there's a downfall to it where you might have someone who navigates their job or their life more on feeling. And they think, you know, well, I want to make sure everyone's happy and feeling good before we're jumping into the work and marrying those two personality types together can actually make for a really successful work atmosphere. So, you know, all that goes to say that it was pretty, it was, it was an interesting activity at our office and I encourage other workplaces to do the same, whether it's a firm or, you know, it doesn't have to be a, anything related to the legal profession, but it at least gives everybody a little bit more insight into themselves and the people they're working with. And so what I want to do in this episode is I asked all the ladies on this call to 
complete a personality type test prior to this podcast. So we can kind of talk about what each of our type is, whether we think it was an accurate reflection of our personality type. And then I just want to throw out some questions about whether the gals on this call specifically think that this personality typing is just a total waste of time or if it's something that's worth it as much as I think it is. There's no personality type or characteristic that's better than another one. It's not about figuring out whose personality is better or worse. But I will say I'm an INFJ, and from what I've read online, other INFJs include people like, you know, Mother Teresa, Marie Kondo, Martin Luther King, <laughs> Nelson Mandela, Atticus Finch. So, but, but Remember, again, Mary, remember, everything is a competition. <laughs> so it right. is, a comp- there are better it's, personality types than others. So let's just yeah, put so that out there. Can Atticus Finch have a personality type as a fictional character? Yes, he does. I looked it up and it's all <laughs> true and valid. And it aligns <laughs> with my type. So yeah, it's funny to read about the personality type you get and whether you really think it rings true to you. And another aspect of this that we'll talk about is whether your personality type at work, especially the woman, is different than your personality type at home, which oftentimes comes up. And so before I ask everyone what their type is, I think it'd be important to talk about what each of the letters mean before we just rattle off what we are. The four kind of sets of characteristics, if you will, are E versus I, which means extroversion versus introversion. You know, are you someone who's an extrovert where you get your energy off of social settings and a lot of people and and that type of setting? Or you might be more of an introvert where those type of settings really totally drain you and you really get most of your energy and refueling uh, by yourself or you like spending a lot of time with yourself. The next is either an S, which is sensing, or an N for intuition. And that's about the way you take in information. And one of the things that I read on sensing, basically, you're someone who looks at facts first, and then you put together a big picture, or someone who's more intuitive is someone who takes an information, sees a big picture right away, and then they fill in the facts after they have a big picture. The next is T or F, which is either thinking or feeling. And this kind of goes back to the example that I talked about earlier. Someone who's thinking, but more thinking than feeling might say, you know, I look exactly where logic is required. I think about it. I make a logical decision. I don't let my own feelings or other people's feelings get in the way. I just think about what's the most logical solution and I go that way. Feeling, on the other hand, is more that I think about how other people are feeling or how I'm feeling or how a decision aligns with my morals or values first before I'm thinking about logic. And then the last is how you deal with the world. And that is through either judging or perceiving. And judging is more so somebody who can be flexible to the outside world, but they also like to have things decided. They like plans. They like decisions to be made. They can be flexible, but it's not their preferred way of kind of navigating their life. Perceiving, which is what my husband is, is I like to just stay open to whatever happens and I'm flexible and I don't need to be boxed in by a specific deadline or plan. My husband's a P and anytime I refer to him as his B brain, 
he gets a little <laughs> bit upset. But I told him it's just the type. It's just he's, he's a brain and I'm a day brain. But anyway, I'm so curious to see if these ladies who are here with me took the test. What'd you get? And do you think it rings true to your personality? I'm going to start with Megan. So I also have INFJ. And I have to say that the first thing that I'm surprised about is, Mary, that you are an introvert. I perceive you as more of an extrovert. But I think INFJ fits my personality. I've taken these types of tests before, and I have gotten this result, I won't say every time, but more times than any other result. And I definitely think it's true. I consider myself kind of an ambivert, I think, that I am an introvert most of the time, but I can have an extroverted personality. As for the other ones, I was kind of surprised about getting intuitive over sensing because I typically see myself as like a planner, but then I look and I have the J for judging, which is planning. So it kind of makes sense that those two aren't mutually exclusive. But overall, I think this fits and I think it's interesting. I think someone else on this podcast has the same personality type that me and Mary have. And I know that when you take the test, they give little names to each of the types. And the name that is for this one is the advocate or the counselor, depending on which site you look at. But I think that's advocate. I think overall, that describes my personality more so than any of the other ones. And something, Megan, that's interesting about it is, I believe you said, an, is it ambivert is the term you used? Mm-hmm. And that's someone who's both introvert and extrovert are going to align with both. Is that right? Yeah. So I tend to think of myself as someone who, when I'm by myself, I'm perfectly content with it. I often need that time. But if I'm too much by myself, if I have too much alone time, then I start going a little stir crazy and I crave that interaction from other people. So I don't think it's really one or the other for me. Sometimes I get energy from being around other people and I like the go, go, go. And then other times I just feel burnt out and I need to be at home all weekend and not talk to anyone. So I think it doesn't have to be necessarily one or the other. Yeah, I agree with you. But one of the things that I looked up is the profile for the INSJ and the specific website that we used also attaches a letter to it. And I got INFJA as well, which is for advocate. And INFJ is for any listeners out there who might take the test and get INFJ. Something in the profile for an INFJA said, nothing lights up an advocate like creating a solution that changes people's lives. And it's interesting because I can't think of a better tagline for a plaintiff's lawyer, right? All we do is solve a problem and try to get a resolution that will hopefully bring some change, positive change to someone's life and systemically, right? INFJs are associated with being problem solvers and fixers, uh, which can also be a downfall. And something that I found as a really pertinent weakness on my part as an INFJ is it highlights that INFJs they take a lot of things personally when they receive criticism or they're in conflict and it's because they hold their value so tightly. It's nice to know that because then I know when someone's giving me feedback, it's feedback, it's not criticism. And even if it is criticism, I don't need to take it personally. And it probably is to my detriment if I do take it personally. But Liz, what did you get? And I'm also curious to know, when did you take the personality test? Because I think a couple of weeks ago is when I was like, hey, everyone should take this. I want to know when you actually took it. And I want to know if you enjoyed doing it or not, or you don't like personality tests. 
but some people hate them. I like personality tests in that sort of like when I read a horoscope, even though I know it's garbage, I'm like, ooh, that is me. I am mysterious. And, you know, (laughs) but I also recognize that personality tests, they're not a hard and fast science by any means. And I also know that Myers-Briggs in particular has... A, a bit of a, a dicey history in terms of racism and some ableism. And I, I think there's also been some criticisms of classism. So keeping all of that in mind, I think the test itself is pretty benign. To answer your other question about when I took the test, I took it this week. So because I wanted as most up-to-date results as possible. Um, But I also took it in 2018 when we had this therapist come to the office and sort of walk us through our results and do exercises with us so we could all learn each other's results. And I actually, I think I got different results. I can't find my 2018 packet, but going through this process, I think in 2018, I was an IS. FJ, meaning introvert, sensing, feeling, judging. But Liz, yes. it's Amy. I have your results because <laughs> I still have my book from 2018 because I'm a pack rat and I don't know what that makes me personality wise, but you're correct. Results? You were an ISFJ. So, okay. There you well, go. I'm glad Amy keeps my records because <laughs> I clearly don't. Yeah, say for all those listening out there that's great because amy and liz work together yes amy must have hung on to that not because she's a pack rat but amy it's because you really wanted to learn how to work really well with it's Liz, true. right yes and mary i have yours too oh, and i don't i don't have your actual like hipaa results don't get me wrong but i don't know if it's hipaa or not but i wrote in this book i wrote down what everybody was that was in the group so Mary, you were INFJ, which is what I think you said you still are. Yeah. And now, Megan, you are too, right? Yep. Okay. I appreciate you confirming what I thought, which is that my results changed because I really think the reason my results changed is because I have changed greatly over the last year with the pandemic. Obviously, there's been that flip between the N uh, intuitive from what I was of S sensing. I would attribute that to the fact that the last year we have spent in quarantine, we have spent isolated from each other, and most of our communication has been through technology, virtually, through phones, text messages, Zoom calls, so many Zoom calls. And I think because of that, it has changed how I intake information, and it has sort of required me to become more intuitive in how I am not only reading clients who may be calling me when I used to have face-to-face interactions with them, but I think about it on Zoom calls with defendants and defense experts and and how am I picking up on what they're saying. And it's no longer that in-person experience, it's through a screen. And so it has changed how I have processed information. The other thing, though, that has changed for me is what level of introverted I am. When I took the test in 2018, they sort of put it on a scale and I was like a hard I. I I was as far I, I think, as I could get. And that's because I get very exhausted in social settings. I don't think anyone who has met me and spent more than 10 minutes with me would disagree that I'm an introvert. But 
my test results actually show that I'm only 59% introverted now. And there are questions that came up during the test where I know that if I had taken this test in, let's say, late 2019, I would have said, oh, absolutely not. Do you want to go get drinks after a long day's work? Absolutely not. I'm going home. I'm not talking to anybody. Now, if someone offered me patio drinks now that I'm vaccinated, I will be there. <laughs> so excited. Like, I'll get the first round. I'm happy to be there. And I know that's because the the pandemic isolation has gotten to me. So that's been an interesting one. But I think thinking and feeling have stayed pretty same. I'm, I'm feeling. I've always been very much a feeler. I sort of like what Mary and Megan have said, when someone criticizes me, I take it <laughs> very personally. I don't view it as, you know, oh, they're trying to give me feedback and try to help me improve. I look at it as some sort of personal failing. And there was one question that actually stopped me in my tracks when I was taking this test because I took the question as a personal offense. <laughs> And that was, when someone thinks highly of you, you wonder how long it will take them to feel disappointed in you. And I read that and I go, what do you mean? I don't like the tone of this question. That's pretty rude. Because I realize when I do something well, like when Amy or John or whoever is like, oh, great job on this. My first thought is, I did, good, I did do a good job. What happens when I don't do a good job? <laughs> when am I going to let them down? I have so, the same reaction to that question. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very much a, a feeling person. And then judging stayed the same. I'm a judging. And it's funny, Mary, that you mentioned your husband is perceiving because Steve, my husband, is also perceiving. And I'm going to steal that joke about pea brain. <laughs> Yeah. Which he'll love that. That'll be great. But the other part of the test that I thought was really interesting that they broke it down further into an INFJ-A or an INFJ-T. The A stands for assertive and the T stands for turbulent. And Mary, I think you said that you were a dash A. Megan, I think you said that you were a slash A, A slash T. It said A slash T. So I must be split on that. Well, I am an 82% T, so there's no split there. What does that mean? So I looked it up. It is how you handle stress. And the dash A's tend to be more confident and relaxed, while the T's tend to be more sensitive to stressors and more sensitive to burnout. And that has been something I've been really struggling with and thinking about during this pandemic is burnout. And I'm starting to wonder, is it my brain telling me that I am burnt out and that I am putting all this additional unnecessary stress on myself as opposed to, you know, external factors that may be contributing to me feeling tired? And if it's an internal problem, then there must be an internal solution. So how can I internally change my feelings of burnout? And so that was the most interesting result for me and has been the thing that I've been putting the most thought into of, of how can I change my attitude towards burnout and stress and what can I do to alleviate that problem? And that's INFJ of you because it's solution oriented. <laughs> It's right. <laughs> internal problem, internal solution. How can I fix it? I'm going to make a plan to fix it. Right. So right now the plan is my husband and I are going to do a weekend getaway to a goat farm. And I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to hug as many baby goats as I can until I feel better. But I want to pass it over to Amy. Amy, I think that you also had the same experience as I did where your results pre-pandemic and now 
I'm not going to say post-pandemic, but almost, we're getting there, almost post-pandemic, the results have changed. So I'm curious to hear about your analysis into that. I have been an ISTJ since my 20s when I first took this Myers-Briggs test as part of my husband when we were engaged. Part of the marriage training, if you will, was to take the Myers-Briggs, and I had never done that before, but I was an ISTJ then. I've been an ISTJ for any of the fun little tests we've taken throughout time, and then again in 2018 when we did our firm, and I was kind of on the in the middle for introvert versus extrovert, a lot of the same things that you all have already said, which is people say to me, how can you be a trial attorney and, and be an introvert? I'm like, very easily. It's a show. It's a performance. It's not, my first reaction is not to seek attention and to get my energy from other people. It's just the opposite. But the sensing and the thinking and the judging was pretty much as far as you could possibly go. And it all fit for as I understood myself and it seemed right, especially for a trial lawyer. And then I just took this, the 16 personality ones that we all took right before we started recording. It resulted in an ISFJ, Liz, which is what you are. So I'm pretty sure you've affected me over the last number of years. So thank you for that. Because I looked (laughs) at feeling versus thinking and the word empathy kept coming up as a definition or as a trait for the feeling. I think that's also a a pattern perhaps of the pandemic. There's been a lot more time to feel for people, to empathize with what everybody's been going through. Now, it was a 60-40, 60-F-40-T, so it wasn't a huge shift, but it was something that it's interesting. And I wonder if it'll go away (laughs) after the pandemic, but I don't know. That was interesting. I I think a lot of us are going through some personality changes for COVID and what I will be on the lookout for is to see if in a year from now, hopefully we'll be pretty fully past COVID to see if I go back to ISTJ or if the F kind of stays around. It's interesting because I think we can really learn a lot about ourselves if we understand what our reactions are to things and not compare ourselves entirely with other people thinking that, oh, if so-and-so does things this way, then I need to too. You just can't do that. Your personality won't allow you to be just like someone else, even if you have the same letters. I have always taken this as some insight into why I do things and what my reactions are. And it was very helpful to know, particularly what my staff was to understand what motivates them a little better. And I laughed Mary earlier and Liz, you too, because I'm married to a P as well. (laughs) I mean, maybe that's part of the program is that J's marry P's. I don't know. We're on 23 years. So hopefully that's working out. Amy, I, I have to tell you as well that I looked at that 16 personalities test and I know at the beginning I said everything's a competition. And although I said no one personality type's better than the next, but on the website, it says that you also share the same personality type currently with Beyonce. Oh, so. <laughs> all right. I mean, well, that does it. So Amy wins. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> does Beyonce be Atticus Finch? 
Yeah, yeah because yeah. Beyonce's yeah. real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in so many ways. In just so many ways. One of the things I wanted to ask you, since you've had the most experience, not just practicing, but you've had quite a bit of experience with managing people and just any type of issue that comes up, good, bad, or otherwise, within the workplace, you've been able to, whether you wanted to or not, you're able to jump in and help manage issues. And I was curious to hear your perspective on whether you think this is something that you think would be beneficial for workplaces to do, or do you think it's, it is something that quite frankly, you get an eye roll and it's like, oh, we don't need to spend an afternoon doing this because it's not going to change anything about the way people work together. Or do you think it, it really is worth it to go through this exercise? My thinking personality when we first started talking about doing this for the firm was eye rolling. Like, come on. I mean, this is so touchy feely. Do we really need to do this? I just need straight facts and data and I can figure this out. But the more uh, we talked about it, then actually getting together that afternoon and doing it was really insightful. I don't know if I can tell you that I totally learned other people's personalities and have embraced what those definitions are, because I do think when we're throwing around a bunch of letters, I still have a hard time like remembering what does that actually stand for? What it did for me though, is more of a, a 30,000 fit view that people have different personalities. You can be educated the same way, raised the same way, work in the same place and have different personalities that affect and control how you react to things. And knowing that someone's personality gives them the first impression of doing one thing and my reaction would be something else allows me not to just jump to a conclusion. In other words, I'm not going to subscribe something adverse to someone because that's not how I would react. I stop and I think, okay, what's caused them to react that way? Is it something more endemic to their personality? So I've kind of added this layer, which I think does fit with my personality, but that added this thoughtful layer of trying to figure out why people act the way they do. And personality is just one aspect of it. So it's allowed me to understand better. I agree with you, Amy. And I also believe that having any exercise, any reflective exercise that brings you to be more aware, whether it's of yourself or other people, I don't think you can go wrong with that sort of reflection, no matter where you're at in your career or your life. Anything that brings awareness, and especially in our jobs, I mean, not only are we learning a lot more about our staff and the folks we're working with and other lawyers, but also clients. We're opening up our minds to think, yes, I have one goal at the end of the day, and it's to move this case along and get a good result. And it also might have us pause for a second if we might have a client who really just needs to tell us how they're feeling about a case decision even though it's a no-brainer for us and we know how we want to move forward, they might need to digest it a little bit, tell us how it makes them feel that we're doing A, B, or C things. And it just has me pause and think to myself, I can't believe I just spent 45 minutes on the phone talking about this one little thing that I know won't you know, be as big of a deal. But to this person, not only is it significant in their, in their life, but also in their personality, they, they just might take the information I'm saying where I'm very much so just thinking in the moment exactly. and they are more feeling about it. And so anything that brings more awareness has to increase productivity 
which has to be important to every employer across the board because it's just making things run a little bit more smoothly. Knowledge is power. It's simple, but it's true. The more I know about my staff, my client, my opposing counsel, the better I'm going to be at managing that. And I'm not saying the better I'm going to be at being powerful or controlling, just the better I'm going to be at managing expectations, that person doing a better job. And I would encourage any group, large or small, even to take that free 16 personality test and figure out where you fall and who you have the most in common with personality wise. It's just eye-opening. Knowing your staff's personality type, I think can make you a better manager, but also on the flip side of that, it can make you a better employee if you understand what your supervisor or your manager or whoever, what their personality type is. And I specifically am thinking of a former boss I had who had this personality type where he would yell at you when you messed up something. I mean, he would sort of fly off the handle a little bit, but then five minutes later, he could walk into your office and talk to you like nothing had happened. While you're still like trying to dry your eyes because you're crying from being yelled at, he (laughs) would be able to just completely brush it off. And his personality was, I have forgotten about the conversation, so so should you. When I had an experience with him where I got raked across the coals a little bit and I took it very personally. I think it would have been really beneficial to know what his personality type was in understanding that that is how he gives feedback. Now, I'm not saying that that is a healthy way to manage. I'm saying that that would have been a healthier way for me, especially as a very, very young attorney to have responded and reacted to how he treated me in that moment. So I think that it can go both ways. It can help you as a manager. It can also hopefully help you as an employee. But Elizabeth, we really need to know your personality type as well. (laughs) I know you've all been dying to know. (laughs) I am an ISTJ and those are the same results I got when we took it at the firm back in 2018. And I will say that I definitely agree that doing that as like a collective exercise and learning. I already know, you know, pretty well how I am and how I operate. So I thought it was more interesting to learn why other people are the way they are. And I think that that's really helped me throughout my career at the firm because I can now be like, oh, that person is being like that, not about me, but because that is their personality. So I think anytime you undertake to learn more about people that you work closely with, I think is a worthwhile exercise, especially because when you're new, it's harder to get to know people at that level. But I think that it's helpful to know what your personality type is because it can sort of validate what you see your career path going as far as like mine. I was an ISTJ then as I am now and one of the careers is a lawyer. So I knew like that's what I wanted to do and it kind of reaffirmed that. But I think if someone is struggling on where they want to go in their career, or maybe this isn't working for them, or maybe they want to look for new opportunities. I think kind of getting more in tune with yourself and learning where your personality, what might work best for you, would probably lead you to, you know, maybe be happier if you're unhappy with where you're currently at. 
It's funny you say that because me and my cousin at one point took this test and she's a nurse and I'm a lawyer and our respective ones that we got were healer and advocate. It's crazy how accurate these things are. It knew me pretty well and a lot of the strengths, I guess, are like, you know, I want to create an enforced order. I was on a girl's trip over the weekend. Everyone was vaccinated just so, you know, everyone knows. <laughs> but we kept playing these games and I kept being the person that was like, well, what are the rules? And everyone would just kind of look at me like, oh, the lawyer's asking what the rules are. And I'm just like, that's just, I need to know what the parameters are. So I think it's funny how scary accurate these things can be. Elizabeth, what is kind of an overview of ISTJ? Apparently it's the most abundant, making up about 13% of the population. So I'm not very unique in my personality type, but their defining characteristics are integrity, logic, and tireless dedication. And I Googled just ISTJ and one of the suggested questions was, why are ISTJs so boring? So, you know, that was kind of wow. sad. Wow. <laughs> But I think that we're big rule followers, often go into work as lawyers, work for regulatory bodies or the military. We really like to take responsibility for our actions and take pride in the work they do. One of the things that was funny is apparently ISTJs are known for like taking on a ton of extra work over and over again, which totally fits me. But then one of the weaknesses often unreasonably blame themselves because they tend to take on so much, which I thought was kind of funny because I do feel that I do that, which is nice to know that it's just, I guess it makes sense. It's part of your personality, but there are other people like you out there that are extra hard on themselves. But I've found it interesting to know, just to be more aware of weaknesses that I might have, like a didn't realize that I was insensitive, but apparently ISTJs can be unintentionally <laughs> harsh. Yeah. Wow. I know. This one description I'm looking at says, serious and earned success by thoroughness and dependability. Sounds like Elizabeth. Is that Elizabeth? Yeah. 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 No, I, think I was like, accurate. that fits exactly. <laughs> I also think, that, you know, we'd be remiss not to talk about the the part of the exercise that we underwent in 2018, which I'm proud to say, I don't think that most of the women at our office at the time had this experience, but a lot of times women, as we were kind of being informed, women especially will take the personality test at home and they'll have one result and then they'll take it in more of a work mode or in a work environment and they'll have a different results. It's got to be a product of the environment that you're working in, right? I mean, I don't know if it's a bad thing. Do you all think that that's a bad thing if you get a different personality type at work versus at home? It's a hard question. I could see that if any of these were to be flipped, at least for me, from home and workplace, it would probably be the T slash F category, the thinking versus feeling. I don't think any of the other ones would necessarily flip for me because at least in my mind, in our profession especially, both sensing and intuition are positive attributes. Both judging and perceiving are positive attributes. I think the only one that is women, we tend to get tacked on some kind of negative connotation to something. It would be feeling overthinking. I wonder too, though, if maybe women at the office, for those of us who are feelers, are more comfortable in admitting that or in having that as our applied personality because of the type of work that we do. 
And I think empathy is a really important attribute to have if you're going to represent people who have been injured or people who have lost a member of their family. I think that you need to have some sort of uh, you know, decent bedside manner if you're going to handle these types of cases, because it's not just analyzing the law and writing motions and arguing in court. It really is providing a counselor type relationship with someone who is entrusting you with really a huge burden. And hopefully you are able to build that relationship. And so much of what we do is getting clients to trust us. And if we are not feeling and we're not empathetic, a client's going to pick up on that and they're not going to be willing to not only open up, but also to trust us in the big decisions that we're going to have to make on their behalf. So as a plaintiff's lawyer, I think being a feeler is a benefit and even if that's what women are often tagged as, maybe we're not as logical and I'm doing the scary air quotes because I don't think that's what logic and thinking and feeling necessarily are. But I mean, I think it can be a good thing in what we do, but I can see maybe in other different business environments where a woman would want to hide more of a feeling aspect and be perceived as more of a thinker. Personally, it gives insight to me to say in any given situation with any information that I'm given, I know what my default is. And I also know I have the ability to change for any given situation or circumstance. And I think that can also be powerful because kind of, and, and I firmly believe that every lawyer in our office has the ability to do this. I think that's really important to keep in mind is that these aren't necessarily set in stone. It's good to know what your defaults are, but also it's good to recognize where you can have some flexibility there. My takeaway from this is it's really good to know yourself. And we all say that consistently. It's really good to know yourself. And this is another way to know yourself. Take it a couple years apart and see if you are evolving, see if you are changing, see if your life experiences are allowing you to change. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think it's bad that we evolve one way or the other. I, I like it, in fact. I agree. I totally agree. We've been talking a lot, not only about our individual personality types, but how knowing yourself can only benefit you, no matter what profession you're in. And I'm hoping that those listening to this podcast can either, you know, maybe you'll listen to this and say, I know myself and personality types is not something I'm interested in. <laughs> and I'm, I'm never going to take one of those tests and more power to you for knowing yourself in that regard. But, but I'm also hoping maybe a percentage of you will listen to this and think, Hey, that'd be an interesting exercise and I'll throw it up to my, you know, HR manager to see if it's something that you can do at your office. Because from this conversation, you know, not only have I relearned a lot of things about myself, but also my colleagues, and there's never any downside to just having more information or awareness about those that you're working with. Liz, do you have any last thoughts on our episode of personality types before we wrap it up? Just that I think think it is a benefit to take these types of tests and discuss them with within whatever office or you know team that you're on. It can do a lot of good and it doesn't really hurt. So yeah, just try. What about you, Elizabeth? Well, I don't want to echo what she just said, but I do think that it's even 
if it's something that you don't believe in or think that it's really going to help you, I think that you'd be shocked at how accurate these things can be and how much they can help you understand the people around you. Even if you think you know yourself really well, encouraging maybe your coworkers or maybe people who you supervise or manage, just your teammates to maybe take this test and discuss it over lunch or, you know, hire a person like our firm did, I think is, can really be invaluable to kind of learning how other people operate and just kind of give you an understanding of other people's personality types and not that they can't necessarily help it, but that's just how they are and kind of learn to accept that and work with it. Megan, what about you? Any last thoughts? Yeah, so kind of in the same vein that everyone else has touched on, we've all said it's not a bad thing to know more. I think something that I took away from this conversation is that none of us were surprised by our own personality types and each other's personality types. So I think it's helpful to be able to articulate that and have some concrete language to think in terms of and discuss it in. And even though we may already know these certain things about other people, having a framework for it I think benefits our interactions with each other. Well, ladies, I think that this has been a great conversation. Again, I really hope our listeners appreciated the the content on personality types. And if you have any additional comments on personality types or questions or topics that you want to hear us talk about, please reach out to us at heelsinthecourtroom.love. And we will hear from you again next time. Thanks. Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth, and Megan would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts to comments at heelsinthecourtroom.law and subscribe today. 